while it was a devastating diagnosis, you're kind of, oh God, I matter in people's lives. And you take great solace from that. It, you know, that'll keep you going at times. Just that little text or just that card coming in the post and just somebody saying, I'm thinking about you. And I don't know what I can do, but I'm, I'm thinking about you. You're in my thoughts. Hello and welcome to Girls With Gold. My name is Neve Marr. Thank you so much for joining us as usual. So October, as many of you already know, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We wanted to dedicate an episode of Girls With Gold to this very important cause because as we all know, things are mad at the moment. Everything is hectic. Everyone is concerned, obviously, and rightly so, with the global pandemic that's happening. But we wanted to make sure that we got this messaging across so that Breast Cancer Awareness Month is not lost. I'm going to be talking to two people today. Liz Canny is currently living with stage four breast cancer. She's going to talk to us about the color of her breast cancer. And this is all to do with the Marie Keating Foundation's campaign. So they've launched a campaign this year to talk about how breast cancer is not not just pink. So basically this aims to open up the conversation around the color of breast cancer and encourage a conversation which is inclusive of everyone's experience. So pink as a color for breast cancer is so powerful as it represents a global movement and for many it helps them to remain positive and focused on recovery. But every breast cancer journey is unique filled with both light and dark moments. So why should breast cancer just be pink? So this is the key messaging that the Marie Keating Foundation are trying to get across. We're going to be talking to Liz and how her colour is purple a little bit later on in the episode so please stick around for that. But first up Bernie Carter is my guest now. She is the Senior Oncology Nurse with the Marie Keating Foundation. She's going to talk a little bit about the campaign, the key messaging and also talking about the importance of early detection, what are the early signs of breast cancer, how to do a self-check and why people need to go and get help without delay if they have any concerns. This year, the Marie Keating Foundation decided to put a little twist on its campaign, and I think I'm delighted that they did so, because I myself am a breast cancer nurse for many years. So basically, the name of our campaign this year was called Breast Cancer Isn't Just Pink. So basically, we launched it last Monday on October the 5th, and it was to mark Breast Cancer Awareness Month and to support those that have been affected by breast cancer who might feel that breast cancer isn't just pink. Now, pink is a color for breast cancer, and it's a very powerful color, and it represents breast cancer globally and worldwide and for many people it does remain and helps them to remain positive and focused on recovery but for other people they don't feel it's just pink because breast cancer can be a kaleidoscope of different emotions different experiences so why should it be just pink so really that was our main focus around the campaign to we interviewed several wonderful ladies who gave us their color and why it was a different color to them and represented their journey with cancer it's an incredible way to look at it as well. And I just think it's it's really nice to kind of do this because I feel like it draws more attention to it as well. And Bernie, I suppose, obviously, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. Do you feel that because of the pandemic, though, some of that messaging is unfortunately being lost? Yeah, I think we are very concerned in the Marie-Keating Foundation because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The, you know, the, a lot of the messaging around breast cancer and other cancer types and the early detection, which we always focus on, is being lost for a lot of different reasons. And maybe because we have changed and given it this twist that breast cancer isn't just pink, maybe it's going to draw a little bit more attention to breast cancer, to Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and get people more focused on checking themselves and knowing what to check 
check for, when to check for, and the importance of early detection because survivalship, and we call it the five-year survival in breast cancer, has so improved in the 25 years that I've been a breast cancer nurse. Breast cancer five-year survivalship now in Ireland is 85% plus, and the sooner we pick it up, that plus gets closer to 100%. So in COVID and during COVID-19, we really are encouraging people to continue to check themselves, to check their breasts, not to be afraid because nine out of 10 changes are normal. But if they do find something, if they're concerned at all, please to contact their doctor, to phone their doctor. Their doctor will keep them safe while keeping themselves safe because it's very important that we don't come through COVID-19 and come out the other side and then have a lot of much later stage breast cancers or cancers that weren't picked up early because of COVID-19, because the outcome is always going to be better the earlier we detect breast cancer. Yeah, I mean, Bernie, I think what you said there is, is so important. And it's it's great on the one hand to see that like the five-year survival rate, for example, is at 85%. That's so incredible. But also, I mean, is it fair to say that there's a level of complacency that kind of comes with the treatment becoming more manageable? And I think, isn't it a, an important thing to get across that like just because there's a really great five-year survival rate on a cancer like breast cancer, that doesn't mean that we can sit back and think that everybody who's going to be diagnosed is going to be fine. Absolutely. Yes, you're correct, Neve. And everybody that's, uh, that is diagnosed with breast cancer isn't necessarily going to be fine. Um, there are le- lots of different types of breast cancer. Depending on the type of breast cancer might decide the outcome. Some types of breast cancer are more aggressive than others. But generally, in speaking terms, no matter what the breast cancer type, the outcome is more likely to be better if we pick it up early. Yes, there can be different types, but the likelihood of picking it up early is not going to happen unless we all become proactive. We can't afford to become complacent. If we want to get those numbers from 85% closer to 100%, we need as women to all start checking our breasts. It's very, very important. Just now because of COVID-19, we can't just sit back and think about protecting ourselves against COVID-19 is so important. We know it is a pandemic. It's a very serious pandemic, but it's also very important that we protect ourselves against breast cancer. Or if we do find a lump, find a change in our breast that we do go and get checked out. Yes, I think that there is a level of complacency come in because of COVID-19. And in the Marie Keating Foundation, we really are encouraging women to start checking themselves. We're there with you every step of the way. We're there to help you. There's lots of information on our website, mariekeating.ie. There's a fantastic video on our website under breast cancer, which shows you how to check your breast, tells you when to check your breast and what to look for. But please get checking. I think that there's a an important uh, message there, of course, when it comes to checking. And I think that, you know, a lot of women, especially our audience, you know, who would be a little bit younger than the women who say get, you know, the mammograms um, that come after the age of 50. I suppose, Bernie, from your point of view as, as an oncology nurse, could you just give us a little bit of insight into, you know, what exactly a mammogram is? And also, if you're concerned about uh, a symptom of breast cancer, but you feel like you maybe don't need to get checked because you're younger, can you also kind of give us a little bit of insight into that and why that's not accurate. 
Well, first of all, I have to say mammogram. Uh, mammograms would be part of screening. Uh, when it comes to screening as such, breast check, breast screening is for healthy individuals, people with no symptoms. A mammogram is an image of the breast and of the breast tissue. It's looking for changes. It's looking for lumps in the breast. Mammograms are more effective as women get older beyond the age of 40 and as they're getting close to the menopause and going into the menopause. As women, as we age, our breasts become more fatty tissue and less muscular. In younger women under the age of 40, the breasts tend to be more dense and they tend to be more muscular. And there, an MRI is actually more accurate at picking up changes. So, yes, mammograms are very good, but that doesn't mean a mammogram or an MRI can't miss something. What's more important that we also check our breasts and not just rely on that mammogram or rely on that MRI. Breast check, as we know, is currently still on hold. We are waiting to hear in the Marie Keating Foundation when it will resume. Resume. We're hoping that it will resume later this month. That is what we have been told. But in the meantime, if, if you find something, if you're concerned about something in your breast, don't wait for breast check to resume. Again, breast check is a screening program. It's a fantastic screening pro program. It's our national screening program, but a screening is for the healthy where there is no symptoms. If you have a symptom, you need to get checked out, even now during COVID-19. You need to make that phone call to your doctor. Your doctor, again, will keep you safe. You need to get checked out. Screening is on hold. We, as I said, we hope that it will return soon. We are concerned that when it does return, there will be a backlog, and that backlog needs to be cleared. We don't know how long it will take for that backlog to be cleared because now it will have to be done safely under COVID-19 and government and NFIS guidelines, as in, you know, the reduced numbering, the two-metre guidelines, etc. Will there be a need for more people to do the scanning, the imaging? So we don't know how it's going to be returned. So, you know, as individuals, we cannot just stand back, sit back and wait for our mammogram, wait, wait for that to return. But if we have a symptom, we need to go and get checked out. Of course, if you are between between the age of 50 and 65, please do contact breastcheck.ie. Make sure you're registered for your for your breast check, for your mammogram. It is a very important imaging process. It is a very important screening program. But in the meantime, do check yourself. Definitely. And I, th I think as well, Bernie, like there's um, obviously people now what's happening in terms of the pandemic and stuff. I know that a lot of people are are struggling when it comes to, you know, house visitations are not allowed now and I think you know I can't imagine how somebody would be able to be going through a global pandemic and then also be dealing with a diagnosis like you know breast cancer so I would imagine that there's a lot of scared people out there and because it's breast cancer awareness month what advice would you have for for people who are potentially going through this now and who are feeling scared I agree. It is a very hard, it's a very stressful time without cancer. But if you add a cancer diagnosis to COVID-19, that is certainly more than a double stress. I guess I can speak from a from personal level. I have a sister and a brother going through cancer, cancer treatments right now during COVID-19. Yes, there is the anxiety of going into a hospital for treatment. Also, there's anxiety because treatments are being cancelled or delayed or the type of treatment is being changed. Appointments are being cancelled. It is a very, very stressful time. There's no point in denying it is, is a very stressful time for somebody going through a cancer diagnosis right now but we are encouraging you if you are going through a cancer diagnosis please do attend your appointments the hospital it will keep you safe as they are keeping themselves safe it possibly is no is the safest time ever to go into a hospital because there's less if any visitors in there and I myself as a cancer nurse who's worked in the hospital environment when there's a lot of visitors in there and there's a lot of traffic going through the hospital a hospital isn't safe at the best 
times. But right now during COVID-19 with limited number of people in the hospital, you're possibly safer than ever. And they will tell you, you will be guided when you're going for your treatments about wearing your mask, about the hand hygiene, about the, the two meter distance. Most likely people going for treatments right now, and I can guarantee and verify this myself with my own family, what is very tough is you often have to go it alone. You have to go in alone because visitors are not allowed. So maybe go prepared. Bring the book, bring the magazine, bring the bottle of water. Make sure you bring the bottle of water because you're better holding your own bottle than getting a glass from somebody else. So go prepared, pack the bag, maybe pack the snack as well. And, you know, mostly now I will say during COVID-19, you're going to be seen more promptly than before because they want to get you in and get you out as fast as possible. So I, I we are very aware in the Marie Foundation that it is a very nerve-wracking time for somebody with a cancer diagnosis. But we are telling you, please do go, get your treatments, attend for your appointments. You will be looked after. You will be protected. And we will all come through this. And we're with you. We're with you every step of the way. Do go into the mariekeating.ie because we have lots of services for people going through a cancer diagnosis and going through a cancer no- diagnosis at this time. Absolutely. So it's it's mariekeating.ie. And yeah. I, I love, you know, with, with the Marie Keating Foundation, the work that you guys do is, it's just invaluable. I mean, I love the way that you say making cancer less frightening by enlightening. And that's the whole point of this, isn't it? It's just making people know that, yes, it's a scary time, but there's information out there. And there's also people people that are there who really want to help as well. So that's a really important thing to get across. Absolutely. And that's what we do. I mean, we're passionate about that. We, you know, and all our staff have been there for an awful long time. You know where we came from, where Marie Keating herself died from a form of breast cancer that was actually very curable. Uh, she was scared of hospital. She had her four, four of her five children at home. So when the changes were there, she delayed before going to the doctor. That delay actually cost her her life because she died from a form of breast cancer that was actually very curable. So, yeah, so it's that's what we're there for. We're there for the people. Look, they can... We can can also contact us on 6283726. You know, if anybody would like to speak to myself, Bernie, or to any of our nurses, we are there to help you. We are there to support you. We know how difficult it is, and we know it's doubly difficult at this time. Do also go into, as I said, mariekeating.ie. We've got the Survive and Try program, which Helen Forrester, our director of nursing, runs. That's for people who have survived cancer of any type. Of course, that's now online because of COVID-19, but it's still very valuable with low of valuable information. The good news now is it doesn't matter what part of the country you're in. You can join our services, our free services. We have the positive living group for people who are living with the cancer which has spread and we call that metastatic cancer. That group meets twice monthly, again under the guidance of Helen Forrestal, our Director of Nursing. That is a fantastic group and the feedback we get from that is amazing. You know, with people can come together, talk together, have a coffee together. You know, it's, it's actually invaluable maybe in a much safer environment than in other environments, maybe they can speak how they feel and not be afraid to say how they feel, whereas they may be protecting their family from that at home. So please yeah. do go into mariekeating.ie and see see what's available for you there. We ran our metastatic breast cancer conference this week, just earlier on this week, and I must say it was amazing. Like we had some fantastic speakers and people talking about their experience. And even though breast cancer is more common over the age of 50, it can occur in young women. It does incur in younger women. And in our metastatic breast cancer conference, we had two very young ladies just in their 30s talking about their experience. Of course, it's more common over 50, 
but also there is genetic and hereditary types of breast cancer where you know for BRCA1 breast cancer gene type 1 or BRCA2 those genes we all carry they're there to protect us from cancer BRCA1 mm. and BRCA2 but they can mutate and change and now increase our risk of getting breast cancer or ovarian cancer so what I will say regardless of your age whether you're over 50 under 50 get into the habit of checking your breast and do it once a month if you're somebody who is has is having a period choose five to seven days after your period to check your breast when the breasts are less tender and if it's somebody who doesn't have a period in the menopause please choose maybe a birthday date every month and check your breasts Absolutely. Well, Bernie, Breast Cancer Isn't Just Pink is the campaign by the Marie Keating Foundation. Like you said there, mariekeating.ie for all of the information. Bernie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And we're, we're, so, we're so thankful to be able to spread the message a little bit more. And of course, we're thankful for all of the work that you guys do at the foundation. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a privilege. And, you know, I must say, you know, we're small, we're tiny, we're less than 16, but we do great work. And that's what we do now and did before COVID and we will continue to do. So thank you so much. My next guest is Liz Canny. She was diagnosed with breast cancer in March of 2019 purely by chance. The colour that she's chosen for her cancer is purple, which signifies the love and support her family and friends have shown her, but also for the grief that she feels for the life she won't get to live. So Liz, first up, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your own journey and your own breast cancer diagnosis? Uh, I can, yeah, of course. Um, I suppose uh, it started probably probably started after Christmas um, uh, in 2018. I suppose I didn't realise that at the time. So coming into January 2019, I was a little bit low on energy, just thinking it was post Christmas. And then a colleague at work, I suppose, had said to me, and maybe really Feb, you you know what. You, you don't look great. Somebody who now you know friends wouldn't normally say that to you. Yeah. And I kind of she's somebody she's older than me, and I kind of really took notice of what she said. I was complaining about I had this hip and pain in my hip, and I thought, God sake, like I'm just past mid forties. Surely to God, <laughs> my body isn't giving up already because I would have been a fairly fit or active, you know, person before that. So anyway, I had this pain in my hip, and then about the same time, probably coming into the March. I subsequently discovered a lump in my right breast, but it was at the same time as the pain in my hip. So they were both investigated at the same time. And within a very short space of time from going to my GP, I was sent in for triple assessment. And even before they were waiting for the results, I suppose I knew the, the consultant had said, uh, look, I'm waiting for the results, but I can tell you in his experience, he kind of knew, he knew, I kind of, I knew myself leaving that day but um, I had cancer yeah I feel like at the moment a lot of people are struggling with you know the fear of what's going on in general in the world you know I mean if you throw something else into that mix I think a lot of people out there are very frightened and what we're trying to do with uh, you know getting that that story out there is to let people know that it's it's yes it's scary but it would be even scarier if you didn't go and you didn't get checked right so I mean for you obviously finding that out must have been absolutely devastating. So I suppose, can you tell us a little bit about how you felt when you when you got that official diagnosis? Well, Neve, I suppose I had, had very little time to process it. Um, 
process it, I suppose, because um, my husband was with me that day and we were kind of, as I said, we were brought into the uh, not the good news room um, and we were told, you know, fairly straight away, look, um, it's a stage four, it's advanced, it's in your bones and we'll be referring you to oncology. Um, within a short space of time i was with oncology and the my consultant decided he needed to act pretty quickly so within two days i would say um neve of my diagnosis i started my chemo so i i wow. unusually probably had very little, little time it was almost happening you know we were i was hurtling along in this new um, direction that so I, I was just I'd say I hadn't really time to process it really. Yeah. I want to ask as well is because I, I know like when it comes to the campaign I, I've, I've seen your your video and I, I saw the journey and stuff I know that there's a history um, in your family of cancer and I suppose for our audience how important is it for people to kind of register that risk of of having cancer in the family because you know with breast cancer you know I was talking to Bernie earlier on and it's incredible that there's, you know, a five-year survival rate of 85% now. And I, but we also spoke about how potentially that is bringing a level of complacency in when it comes to people understanding the risks that are out there. Well, Niamh, you've just, you know, you just really, I'd say, hit the nail on the head because um, I suppose, yeah, my mom had a postmenopausal breast cancer um, in her 60s and she was told it was as the result of going on HRT. And I had attended a consultant myself about 12 years ago who had said at the time, which was correct, you know, you don't need to screen earlier. But that information had changed in the intervening years without me realizing it. And I suppose that's the thing that what we know about cancer changes all the time. It's there's so much research being done. There's new drugs coming on the market, new tests. And now the evidence would be with my history, with my mom's history, I should have screened from the age of 40, but I didn't know that. And there's lots of women out there like me who think, oh, my mom had a postmenopausal cancer. I, 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 you know, I, my risk doesn't say I need to be screened before 50. So family history is really important um, and checking. And if you go on that register with the Marie Keating Foundation or the Irish Cancer Society, you can just literally log in and that will identify whether you need to screen early because of you know not just for breast cancer but for any any different cancers that are out there absolutely um, i know that um you know the the kind of awareness campaign that's that's running at the moment with the marie keating foundation is um that you know breast cancer is not just pink and i suppose can you give us a little bit of your own uh understanding of, of what that means to you and i suppose a lot of people talk about you know how you battle cancer. And I know that for a lot of women out there with breast cancer at the moment, they prefer not to look at it as a, as a battle and more so look at it as a journey. And I suppose, although pink is something that a lot of people, and it's global, and I know that pink is, is relating to, to breast cancer on a global scale and any awareness is great awareness, but is this about kind of understanding women's individual journeys with, with something like breast cancer? Um, it, it absolutely is, Niamh. Um Actually, I have been saying this all the time. I was saying to my husband, you know, when you read about someone who has, you know, often when they were, when they maybe pass on, say, oh, they battled cancer. I've never used the word battle and never will do. I'm on a cancer journey. Mm. And the first person I kind of heard in the media about that recently was Vicky Phelan. And I said to my husband, look, I've been saying that. And Vicky thinks <laughs> the same. You know, she's the same. We're on the same page, even though we have different cancers. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't use the word battle because battling is, you know, you're on it. To me, I'm on a journey with it. Um, and as you say, 
every person's, every woman's story is so individual. And for me, um, my, my particular color was purple. I would describe my cancer as purple. And, and there, was, there was two reasons for that. One was, I suppose, I started thinking about the life that I'm not going to live, that I'm, you know, I'm not going to be there for big days going forward for my family. I know that. Um, but at the same time, um, I was just inundated and just overwhelmed by the love that was shown to me by my family and my friends and my, my colleagues. You're just, you know, you're wrapped with love as well. So while it was a devastating diagnosis, you're kind of, God, I matter in people's lives. And you, you take great solace from that. It, you know, that'll keep you going at times. Just that little text or just that card coming in the post and just somebody saying, I'm thinking about you. And I don't know what I can do, but I'm, I'm thinking about you. You're in my thoughts. And to be in somebody's thoughts or prayers or whatever, it's, that's, it's a lovely feeling to have. So that, that's why I would describe that purple love feeling, as well as the purple of the grieving for what won't be. Yeah. So I have to say, like, you know, the, the, the attitude that you have in terms of, you know, being on the journey and kind of enveloping yourself and that love that you get from your family and friends is such a positive way to look at things Liz because like I know that so many people are struggling now you know in these times there's such uncertain times and I know a lot of people are struggling with their mental health and and with kind of it's just staying attuned with with everything because you know life just seems so complicated at times and then when you talk about your story it just sounds it sounds so tough and I, I suppose I wanted to ask you know how do you maintain that positivity and you know like is it something that you do on a daily basis that kind of keeps you in the moment or, or what kind of things do you do in order to you know keep yourself keep yourself positive? Uh, uh, well actually just before I was talking to you Neve earlier on I was listening to, to news talk there at lunchtime with a lady talking about her breast cancer and, and, and one thing I suppose um, a lot of people who have cancer say you know getting out in nature in um, open air and I suppose for me maybe um yeah I, I would find just being in nature and being in tune with nature just going out for simple things like going for a walk and going for a walk with a friend or maybe the small things that you thought weren't so significant they become um Oh, they become quite big. Like for example, yesterday my uh, it's maths week in school, mm. and my son, my nine-year-old, won a competition for designing a maths jumper. So he had to go to school with all stuff. I was just so grateful that when he burst in the door yesterday and he said, "Mom, I won." Oh, it didn't matter that he won, but yeah. I was there for it, and I kind of thought, I if I was at work in my previous life, I'd be like, "Oh, that's great, that's great." Now go and change your clothes, go and, you know being in the moment and I say being present for your kids or those people around you that are important as we say they want your presence not actually presence as in gifts so actually I suppose I do I hold the moments those big moments more closely now and I tune in more to people you become I suppose more of a listener and not just I'm off the rat race I'm off the hamster wheel and I'm just you know enjoying those everyday moments that you realize actually these are the really important moments in my not going off and getting dressed up going off to meet people that you don't really know to some big yeah. event it's about the small things and the, the big things that are you know with with the people that you really care about so Absolutely. for me yeah a bit of bit of exercise is important um and at times with the whole cancer journey there'll be times when you really don't feel like doing it 
but eventually you'll realize you you will go i have to i have to go out get a bit of air just you know clear your head yeah and, yeah absolutely yeah. i suppose i wanted to ask as well about um you know in in regard to this breast cancer awareness campaign you know of mm. of kind of identifying the color how has how has that affected the relationships that that you've had with other people who are going through the same journey when it comes to cancer so like i mean obviously you know you saying that purple is your color has, has it been interesting for you to kind of learn more about other women's journeys and and does that kind of bring you guys a little bit closer together in terms of the solidarity of going through you know just something that's really frightening and that obviously nobody wants to go through in their life um it it does need and it uh, it's actually i had done a course when i completed my um my chemotherapy the irish cancer society run a course called survive and thrive as i think do marie keating as well and uh, i was on this course with nine other women we all had most of us had breast cancers so we'd all talk about how we were feeling you know you might just at the beginning as an icebreaker and the group and a lot of women there had had early stage cancer. So they were now cancer free and they had a fear of their cancer reoccurring. That was their big fear. And I kind of thought, well, you know what, that's not something I have to worry about because my cancer lives with me. It's never going to be gone. I know that sounds blasé, but actually it's not something I worry about. And I kind of thought, God, that's that's amazing. I hadn't realized that about the fear that people who have had an early stage cancer and are now a breast cancer and are now are, are, are clear, are, are really, really anxious about the reoccurrence. Whereas I don't have that. And also because my, my cancer is advanced, I didn't have surgery. So I didn't have such an altered body image, um, losing one of my breasts you know or not having you know so it's it's amazing how different the journey can be in terms of your experience so yeah there were things that maybe are worse for for some women or a bigger issue um yeah 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 i mean it's 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 so interesting now that you talk about you know fear because i think it's that's that's the that's the big thing isn't it Liz like it's the fear you know if you find a lump it's the fear of that confirmation you know when you get that confirmation it's the fear of whether or not you caught it early enough and there's there's so many different levels of fear that is associated with something like this I feel like the work you know that is being done at the moment in terms of everything that happens you know with the Marie Keating Foundation as well with Breast Cancer Ireland like it's it's great that the awareness is out there you do worry that it's being lost slightly because of the pandemic at the moment though you know like you worry about the fact that some of the screening programs have been stopped and that you know potentially when things get in some way back to normal that there's going to be this big backlog so I suppose for you you know in terms of kind of sharing your journey and imparting a little bit of your own experiences to other people what would you say to people who are who are feeling that fear, whether they've just had a diagnosis or whether they are potentially like listening now and, and, and feel like you explained at the beginning of your journey didn't feel right, just didn't feel like felt a little bit off, you know, what would you say to, to those I, people who might be experiencing that? I would say if, if you have something that's, you know, nobody knows your body like you do really and like your own body and if there's some kind of a signal there that you're just not happy and you're thinking oh you know I don't know I won't bother now because it's COVID and I'll wait don't always listen to your body any type of breast change even if it's a doubt and you're kind of going no I didn't feel it today I didn't feel it uh, if you felt it you felt it 
go and check it. Go to your GP. The, the, the service is amazing. Once you get into that referral service, the treatment is, is fantastic. And even, you know, for a lot of women, it will turn out not to be cancerous, you know, for, for the huge number of women that are referred every day, um, you know, an awful lot of them will be okay. So go and absolutely don't let COVID stop you getting checked out absolutely and and i suppose moving on from that Neve, you touched on it there about you know when you're when you are diagnosed i think for me and this is a very individual um i suppose journey because you you can't tell someone to do this but it has helped me when you can accept that you have cancer and i remember one of the nurse specialists um maureen who's brilliant in limerick said to me liz today this has happened don't look back from today you have to look forward. You, you're on a non-word journey now. You have to move on. And that's really true. So acceptance for me has been huge. And I think once I can, once you can accept something, you can deal with it. But everybody will, will be very individual about how, how they come to accept what's happened to them. So, but for me, that, that's been a really big one for me that I can, I, I accept that I have it. Uh, and now it has helped me to, to move on the journey. But that's huge. So if, if people can, when you can do, accept it, things do get better, get easier would, for you. Yeah. I would imagine that, you know, all of some of the other emotions evaporate away when you accept it as well, you know, like the fear and potentially any anger and stuff like that that you've had. I, I think that it's incredibly, you know, it's incredibly brave that you have that and, you know, it also is encouraging to know that you have that acceptance when you're on this journey, you know, um, I suppose before I let you go, Liz, what, yeah. what, um, what are your hopes for, for the future? I know that it's like kind yeah. of a, a tough question and, you know, obviously I think that the, you sharing your journey is so important for other people because I think that it gives other people um, hope and I think that it gives a little bit of your strength hopefully will be imparted onto them if they're just facing into a cancer journey but I suppose how you know we spoke earlier about like the way in which your cancer is purple to you and a lot of that is about being surrounded by that love and your your family and your friends so you know is that kind of the hope for the future to continue to surround yourself with that and, and just kind of see how it goes Absolutely, Niamh. It's to spend time now and making memories in particular um, with um, my husband and my children and my family and friends. And I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky in that because I know there are women who are going through this who don't have the support that, that I have or, you know, that, that are on their own or whatever experiencing this. So for me, it's about yeah, spending time with the key people in, in my life and uh, taking you know taking that journey one day at a time and being grateful for every day that i'm still here and uh you know just seeing where the journey i, I can't really move on too far ahead because i don't know where it's going to go i don't know when it'll stop so i, I try not to think too far ahead so uh, as i say the long-term planning becomes more short-term mm. but for me now a milestone is I've my son who's going to be making confirmation next year i was here for my other son's communion this year so i set myself little mini uh, milestone goals yeah and they're important something in the future that you can look forward to that it's a family event that people you, you know you know as a child you remember those situations or those memories yourself so you're saying if i can be there for that that would be fantastic yeah. so yeah so mini mini goals 
goals in a, in a short to medium term is, is what I'm at at the moment. Yeah. Well, I hope your son gets to enjoy his confirmation because of this ridiculous pandemic. I hope that he gets, because I remember my confirmation. It was all about getting that cash. So uh, <laughs> going, going around to other houses is absolutely key. So I hope that that gets sorted by then. Yeah, yeah. Um, Liz it's been an absolute pleasure and look I really appreciate you sharing your story and we are, we're going to put all the information below where people can go and learn more about your journey and also any information about you know Marie Keating Foundation is there as well and also just about checking yourself and, and just bringing as much awareness as we can but we really appreciate the time that you gave us today thank you Liz not at all thank you very much Neil. Thank you so much to Liz Canny for coming on and sharing her story. Thank you as well to Bernie Carter from the Marie Keating Foundation. As I mentioned earlier, all of the information is in the description box below. Please inform yourselves, not only this month for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but across the year as well. Check yourselves, get your mates to check themselves. It's a matter of life or death. Thank you so much for listening and we'll chat to you next week.